A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Crying Ant. My name is Julie J, and this week I'm talking to the absolutely hilarious Grace Mulvey <laughs> about the Senegalia murders. to have you on thank you so much for joining me oh thanks for having me I know nothing about these murders by the way like and I am a true crime fan so I'm very excited to hear about this we were we were just discussing how we're both into the true crime this is just an insane one it's completely nuts and I could not believe that I hadn't heard of it either this is one that takes place in Japan I don't know have you ever been no but we had to have become really obsessed with TikTok lately. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like 32 and I feel like an absolute granny on it. But they have so many. I follow this account about Japan and I am now obsessed with Japan. They make it seem like the most amazing place. So obviously, it's oh. Japan tourism. I it don't know, does. It, you know. But it does seem pretty good. I, I know the culture of Japan is just so interesting, like even from a historical perspective. But then also like, I'm just so into that whole like Hello Kitty thing. And yes. I mean, Tokyo just looks like an amazing city to visit. Do you remember when Gwen Stefani went through that really weird phase with, what was it, the Haragashi girls? Yeah, very questionable yeah. cultural appropriation. But, you know, like it was a really weird phase where she just had four Japanese girls on stage with her all the time and I was always like what is God? and they never spoke I was always like are it they was, okay yeah. it was really strange it did kind of reek of a hostage situation to be honest I don't know much about Japan either so maybe that's why I hadn't encountered this one before but it's just a mad story so I'm gonna dive right in okay Okay, so on December 30th, 30 December uh, 2000, the Maya Waza, sorry, the Maya Zawa family enjoyed a quiet evening at home. It was the time of the new year, which is obviously, it's a very big deal everywhere, but it's a very, very big deal in Japan. Mm-hmm. The dad was this guy called Mikio uh, Maya 
Zawa, who was 44, and he lived with his wife, Yazuko, and they also had two daughters. So they had two kids, a daughter who was eight years of age called Nina, and they also had another six-year-old called Ray. Now, basically, this is just, it's an, ins- it's an absolutely insane story. It's just totally crazy. So on the 31st of December, the following day, in this very quiet suburb of Tokyo, so the Zedekiah Ward was the name of the suburb, a really quiet, kind of well-to-do suburban area, very safe. The whole family were found dead in their home. So the following day, they were all found dead in their home. The little boy had been strangled and the other three family members had been stabbed to death. So based on the investigation, what detectives could ascertain was that the killer had gone in through the bathroom window of the house and that based on the time of death, the timestamps there, that he had suffocated the little boy Ray in his sleep. So they're thinking what happened was, based on where the bodies were, that Mikio had been working in the study on the first floor and maybe heard some So he climbed the stairs where he essentially encounters the killer. They fight and then the father's body is found at the bottom of the stairs having been stabbed to death. The the killer had this long thin blade with him, which was called a sashimi knife. So I presume that's what you make sashimi with. I was just about to say, it's like also sashimi, would that not be like almost like a butter knife? I'm surprised. I mean, so apparently, well, apparently this knife is like really, really sharp. It's a very sharp blade. And again, based on the times of death, it is believed that he then went and attacked the mother, Yasuko and their eight-year-old daughter, Nina. So absolutely horrendous. Yeah. The, atta- the attacks were so violent that the sashimi knife actually got broken. So he left and went, he went into the kitchen to get another knife. And th- there's this really tragic detail that the family's first aid kit was found open at the scene with some of the daughter, Nina's blood on the plasters. So oh, they think, I know, just awful. So they think that maybe when the killer left the room, that the mother and daughter thought that maybe he was leaving. So the mom went in to get plasters to bandage up the little girl. But he actually came back to kill them. So the whole thing is just absolute nightmare stuff. It's protracted. It's not a swift killing. It's very considered, very deliberate, very calculated. Right. And like, Okay, so obviously if it's calculated, either it's like, what, a person who knew the family? Well, yeah. Or had like a vindictive, like, you know what I mean? This is the, yeah, this is the thing. So one detail as well is, and if you're into true crime, like, you know, you probably like, you know, heard of this before. He actually had covered the faces with cloth while he was killing them. So he couldn't look at them. Oh God. Yes. So, you know, again, that kind of suggests like a personal you know, maybe a personal connection, but also that he felt some level of guilt that he couldn't look at them while he was doing it. But that kind of, I suppose it's at odds with the brutality of the murder then. It's kind of contradicted by just how violent the murder was. Like, but yet he couldn't look at their faces. It's just so strange. But the fact that he like, as well as the mother, that he would have like stabbed the mother and daughter and then left and they would have thought, okay, we're actually for him to come back, so that weird—that's not really guilt, you know. As you said, like not being able to look at the face, it's not really guilt. It's like a weird 
premeditate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, maybe well, I'm going not, to kill you. Like, yeah. I'm, pro- I'm probably giving him too much there. But, you know, the idea that he could look at their faces, that he kind of maybe had to divorce himself from the act itself no. or something. It's just, it's a strange dis- disconnect. And Yuzuko and Nina's wounds were particularly savage, which suggested that maybe he had some issue with women and girls. Or oh. other people postulated that maybe... It w- he was targeting Izuko directly that maybe that's why they had more stab wounds on their body but there, there was a definite there was a definite difference between like say the little boy had been suffocated in his sleep and the dad then obviously accosted this guy and based on where the body was at the end of the stairs they were like okay they obviously got into some kind of fight but then Izuko and Nina it just seemed really deliberate it was just it was very very particularly savage the way they died yeah so the whole thing was just very weird obviously insanely weird and it's almost like it was as I said you know that there was a a personal vendetta there but then people were talking about just how savage the killings were they were suggesting maybe it was a professional but the time of the family's death was placed at 11.30pm on December 30th the murderer, was, so the murderer was hurt at some point because his blood was found on a packet of plasters. But after killing the family, now this is when things get really crazy. He didn't leave. He hung around. What? Yeah. He stayed there overnight, Grace, for the whole night. What? Yeah. He hung oh, out. Weird. He hung out in the house all night. Now, listen. It's just, it's madness. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so bizarre. He opened their fridge. He ate food from the fridge. He I watched, literally went, that's so rude yeah. in my head. As if the rudest thing wasn't the murders. <laughs> that's well, so listen, rude. it is always annoying when a visitor calls round and they're straight at your fridge. You're like, oh, oh yeah. okay, back it up because that's a very personal place to me. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Make yourself at home. Yeah. And like, obviously, so he he opens up the fridge, he eats food from the fridge. He then wandered around the house eating ice lollies, throwing them in the bin in the study. And then he, other wrappers were also found in the kitchen, which again, just pointed to the fact that he was essentially just hanging out in the gaff, chilling out after this insane killing spree. That is the weirdest... And also the fact that, like, obviously this guy didn't care about being caught. Like, as in, like, you know, like someone would have covered their tracks. This guy's, like, literally, like, oh, all yeah. the DNA I can leave. What else could I do, you know, it's, to help them? It's very, yeah, it's really strange because, well, we'll get to the DNA in a minute because this is just such... I cannot believe I hadn't heard this case before because it just gets weirder and weirder, the whole thing. So he then went off and he logged onto their computer between midnight and 1am. So he browsed the internet for a few minutes. They know that he went to a theatre company website which had been bookmarked <laughs> by his wife. Yeah, it was this website that had been bookmarked by his wife, Yuzuka, for, by the wife, Yuzuko, yeah. the mom. And he actually, it's so strange, he actually tried to buy tickets to a show. <laughs> oh my God. It's mental. But isn't it mental? And I mean, like, I don't know, you know, maybe he was looking for alternative plans for New Year's Eve. We're yeah. always, you know, we're always looking for something else to do. Let's face yeah. it, other than the usual when it comes to New Year's Eve. But the whole thing. It's like New Year's resolution was to see more theatre, live theatre. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know what I'm I need? Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I need? I need more arts in my life. That's what I need. Um, 
So just bizarre. I mean, just bizarre. So his fingerprints were found on the mouse, but not the keyboard. So they think maybe he was just like, you know, the way you're just clicking through things yes. without really without really thinking. But then again, sometime in the morning, he used the computer for four minutes. He visited the web page of the dad's company and the son's school. And then again, I mean, it's just so hard. I mean, you can't make sense of any of this behavior. He then pulled the cord out, which led to the computer. So he knocked the computer off. But I mean, his DNA was obviously still on the mouse and everything. He had, when he entered the house as well, when he entered the gaff, he cut the phone cord, which of course is, you know, a common occurrence. Um, He used the toilet, but... Now, this is, whatever about anything else, this is really unforgivable. He used the toilet, didn't it for a dough, okay, didn't it for a dough, didn't flush. Oh, my God. What a sicko. Whatever, whatever about anything else, we that know. the height of rudeness. I mean, we're between opening the fridge, you're doing a number two in somebody else's loo without flushing. Oh, God. And I the, also- Mental. Does he know what DA is? Like, I feel like this guy is like... I mean, I, it's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? He really is leaving so much for investigators here. What I will say as well, you know, like thinking back of him, it's a weird thing that he didn't use the mouse, pa- like that he used the mouse but didn't use the keyboard. Because yeah. like, obviously he just wanted to see what they were looking at. But yes. also I yeah. find it bad that like, Back in the day, like that probably would have taken ages because what two thousand was a dial-up, so like <laughs> you would have been sitting there trying to buy those tickets for like twelve minutes. Do you know what I mean? Remember like, that noise? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I attempted a dial-up. It's hard to do a dial-up before you yeah. start judging me, listener. Um, no, I totally you're spot on. I hadn't even thought about the dial up situation. Yeah, it's not like now where it's like, oh, this was going to be really easy. This was like back in the day when you sat down on the internet, it was like a big deal. Effort. You I know? mean, yeah. you know, they, they say four minutes at the computer, but now that you say it, it probably took four minutes for the page to load. Let's yeah, say. He was probably just like turning it on. <laughs> the dial up took four minutes and then he went, ah, Beckett, I'm going to go do a poo. And, and you, you know. know- <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. And that's why, do you know what? That's probably why he took the lead out of the computer because he was so pissed off at the dial-up. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> FML, fuck my life. This is just too slow. This is bringing back so many memories of me being on like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan webpage. Oh my God, <laughs> When I Buffy. was like 12. <laughs> yeah. were, you, were you a Buffy head? Oh my God. Like I was part of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer official fan club. I that- paid money to be part of it. That is gas. I when we did up to ninety, the wonderful Martha Kilheny, who's actually a stylist. I'd say you'd love her stuff now. She's got she's just really brilliant and she's uh, an amazing person. But she has uh she has her Instagram and all that crack. But she was a member of the Buffy official fan club as well and when we were doing up to 90 and talking about the 90s she came on to talk about Buffy and myself and Emma thought we knew a bit about Buffy but then we quickly realized we know nothing about Buffy I mean she's (laughs) she's she's a feminist icon oh yeah and and now in terms of um in terms of the number two situation okay the poo poo 
Okay, the SH1, the SH1T, as my mother would refer to it, the SH1T contained traces of sesame seeds and string beans. Now, this food, yeah, this food was considered the police. I think, now look, we're not criticizing the police here, but I suppose to be fair, the police were really floored by this crime because, yeah. you know, Tokyo is a relatively safe city in Western civilization terms. It's, you know, relatively safe city. This is a particularly safe suburb. They yeah. were floored by it, but they presumed this dinner, it was kind of a mammy dinner. So they presumed then that this might indicate that he was a bit of a mammy's boy. And some detectives believe that the killer was someone who lived with his mother. They also thought... Really? That's yeah. an interesting thing. Is that strange? Yeah, yeah, that's very it's strange. Bit, it's a bit of a leap. I mean, I don't know, like maybe it would be the equivalent of if you if you could work out that somebody had eaten something like bacon and cabbage. I was literally about to say coddler bacon and cabbage. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a dinner you're going to make for yourself. It might yeah. be the equivalent to that, that it's something that like an older generation would make. So that's yeah, why yeah. they're thinking, thinking in that if, way. If they found like Madeira cake or something in <laughs> Like <laughs> that man lives with his mother. There's no way. Let's face it, it that potato cake would be found in your body years after the fact. Like your skeletal remains would be exhumed. Yeah. The Madeira cake will be there, like un- not digested, even a little bit. I mean, that's Madeira cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That stuff is just to sustain you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But actually, actually, that is a really good analogy, Grace, now that you say it, because I suppose, yeah, like something like that, you would be thinking, okay, that's not something a young person's going to go off and buy. It's something. Or if he's like a single man. Like, I'm sorry, but a single man, I'd be like, okay, so like we found Supermax in his steel sample. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. Don't even talk to me. Every time Fred goes off to film the Tommy show, I'm like, did you get a Supermax? And then he's like, no. And then I'm putting a wash on and his pockets are just full of Supermax napkins. <laughs> I'm like, why do you lie to me? It's almost, yeah. like he's going off, it's almost like he's going off visiting sex workers or something. Yeah. And I'm just taking out these receipts from his pocket. I love but, a receipt from a sex worker like that. <laughs> I know. Like what? I, 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 I really, you can tell I haven't been to see a sex worker in a while. <laughs> Just you do like a handwritten (laughs) receipt. This week, we are promoting our friends over at Spice Bags Podcast. If you fancy checking this out, head over to headstuffpodcast.com. It's a really deadly one. Multicultural host Blank and My and D ask the big questions like, how did one enterprising Indian expat create a market for Indian cuisine in Dublin? Why are so many Irish cheeses made by women? And what makes Irish tea different from that in the rest of the world? As well, if you fancy contributing to the production costs of Crimeland, we are being funded solely by listeners. Not to brag, but I am currently running at about €7 income a month. So if you fancy topping that up, the link to that website is in our show notes. But even better... If you don't fancy doing that, just download the episode, subscribe and or tell a friend about Crimeland. A quick disclaimer as well that absolutely no offence is meant to any of the people discussed in this episode. And we always strive to discuss these topics in a human and empathetic way. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Hi, I'm May. I'm an American food writer, and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. Now, 
again, the plot thickens because okay. the smell is taking a poo, opening the fridge, yeah, battling with the dial-up. DNA on the couch also suggests that he had a nap at some point. In the sitting room, credit cards, bank books, dri- his uh, Mikio's driver's license, other personal documents were spread out as if the killer had been kind of going through them. And the second floor bathtub, again, like there were more scattered papers, receipts, and, and really weirdly, some of um, the mother's sanitary products were spread out, oh. suggesting that he'd used a sanitary towel to stop the bleeding. Oh, his, oh for his own bleeding. His, uh, sorry, his own bleeding. Yes, yeah. right. So that's what they were thinking that like, you know, so there was an opened packet and there was no sign of the sanitary towel. So they were presuming that he put it on his person to stop the bleeding. Oh my God, that's mad. Yeah, really yeah. mad. And the mother of the wife, so the mother-in-law lived next door and obviously this poor woman, as far as I, I was trying to find information, I mean, look, she's obviously, you know, um, she's kind of, I suppose, receded into anonymity, which is fair enough. But the last article that I read on this, which was from two years ago, they did confirm that she was still alive, but she was okay. the one who made the... I mean, how would you ever get, you'd never get over a discovery like that. Uh, But she lived next door. A lot of people were saying that the whole thing kind of suggested the fact that he hung out in the gaff. Some people said, well, this kind of points to the fact that he knew nobody was going to come over. I mean, the whole, yeah. yeah. But then. Even the night of it, like, I know New Year's, but like you could have people, you know, like, well, it depends on country. You should like in Ireland, you could have neighbours drop in or you could have like, you know, family members. I suppose it's, it's late it's, enough. It is. It's a ho- it's a holiday time. It's the day before New Year's Eve. Like you would probably think maybe there's a chance. I, I, but yeah. I suppose you're right. I guess people aren't calling over at that time of night yeah. either. But then again, like what I would say about that is, I just think this man sounds like the whole thing sounds so insane. I don't even know if that would be his thought process. Thinking I'll just hang out because nobody's gonna pop in. I mean, it's but it's the fact like, that he, he wouldn't he wouldn't know even if they had like he must have known them because like even like do they have an older kid? Like what if they had like a teenager who was out? Actually, was, like, that's home? true. Like yeah, obviously he knew that. that actually, that's very very. I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. Yeah, like as in because obviously a t- an older teenager again this holiday period it's quite likely someone will be coming home from a night out or whatever. So you're yeah. right. Yeah, and at. 10.45, the night of the murder, the family computer uh, received a work email that required a password to open it, which means that they kind of, kind of work out that the family was still alive by then, but that right. they must have been killed shortly before midnight. And there was this skate park right across the street that had just opened from the family's house. The family weren't happy, happy with this as they were annoyed by the noise and they were kind of making plans already to move from it. Now, it's really hard to hear of a skater park and not sing, I'm just a skater, but like, yeah. it's very hard to not, like, not sing Avril Lavigne yeah. when you hear of a skater park. And Avril Lavigne would have been around at her peak around that time, so... I wonder, did, did Avril Lavigne do this? Yeah. That's what I mean, I'm thinking. It all comes back to Avril. It's either her or Gwen Stefani, that's what I think. I was, <laughs> was going to say, it's either her or Ain't No Holla Back Girl. Maybe that's what that song was about. Yeah. It's all about this murder. Grace Fanny wants it solved. You know, it's all it's all about this murder. We have solved the case, Grace. So one witness reported seeing Mikio, the dad, arguing with skateboarders a few days before the murders. Another witness reported seeing him arguing with a bike gang member or bike gang crew. Another thing, the killer left behind all his clothes, which is another strange twist in this. So all, what? yeah. 
So, well, this is the thing. He left behind like a pile of clothes. So like trousers, uh, a top, and all the clothes looked like skater boy clothes and were all folded neatly. They also found this like, um, I kind of like, I suppose, like an aftershave spray thing, which a lot of skaters used. It was probably like the equivalent of Lynx Africa for Japanese. Yeah. They said it was something that was like popular with young males and yeah. they found like a bum bag. So again, you know, another crime here, crime against fat, like the man had a bum bag as well. And the, the clothes were so neatly folded. It just felt a bit staged. It didn't make sense. So they were saying, this just, again, doesn't add up. One yeah. theory one theory was that maybe the killer knew the family had kind of beef with the, like the skaters in the skater park. So they knew, he knew maybe that they were pissed off about the skater park situation and that that's yeah. why he was, he was trying to make it look like a skater did this, that this was all part of the plan. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what people felt. And then based on, this is, just, I mean, it, this is insane. I know I keep saying this, but wait till you hear this. Based on the sand in his, the pockets of these clothes, they could link him back. Now, I have no idea how they managed to do this, but they, they could do it. They could link him back to a desert outside Las Vegas. Specifically. <laughs> yes. Wait for it. Specifically, they could link this sand back to Edwards Air Force Palace, which is unbelievable. So this air base in Nevada, they could link this sand to that military air base. They then found fingerprints. Obviously at the scene, they had a load of fingerprints, but they copped that there were these fingerprints, they weren't in the system. Now, any adult entering Japan at the time, I don't don't know if this is still the case, but at the time... I actually meant to check it, but I forgot to check it. Sorry, listener. But uh, at the time, any adult adult entering Japan would have to give their fingerprints. So right. they did, yeah, they they did it. So they, because they didn't have fingerprints in the system, they were like, okay, right, that's interesting. We don't we don't have the fingerprints in the system. So they uh, they also did a DNA test and concluded that this guy's mother would have been of European descent, and the dad would have been a Korean descent. So the guy is like mixed race. Everything is ultimately pointing to what they're thinking at this stage is that maybe the killer had been like an army brat whose parents were or parent was in the military. That is so bonkers. Like, so I'm trying to get this. Is, it's like you're giving me a riddle where it's like, isn't it? They, mad? Found sand, they found sand in his pocket from Nevada, but any adults coming into the country has fingerprints. So I'm like, okay, so that means he couldn't have been outside the country yeah. to come back in. It's just, it's mad. Oh and then, God. and then, you know, the way I was saying about how he clicked on the theatre website to get the, yeah. to get the tickets to the, to this, you know, theatre show or whatever. And the mother had been involved in theatre. So the, the mother in this family, Izuko, had been involved in theatre, was very okay. into the arts. They found this like red, kind of like a fluorescent agent, but almost like a highlighter or something on the clothes that had been left. And this indicated, this was, a, a, I don't know what exactly this was, but they said it was something that was usually involved in stage prop design. So again, that's like a link to theatre. Okay. And they found this substance as well in the garage, even though there was nothing to, now this really gave me the creeps, nothing to indicate he had been in there the night of the murder. So then they started to think that maybe he had been in the garage before. Oh gosh. Yeah. So they're starting to think like maybe he'd been stalking the family or staking out right. the house prior to all this. Well, he must have, because it feels like 
you know, he was very at home there. So it's like, or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. To get that's, it around it. That's actually very true. And then, but again, you see then some people were saying, well, maybe the reason he went on the theatre website was that they wanted, again, you know, maybe he wanted to put investigators off the scent. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's very hard to make sense of it. Uh, all the family Happy New Year greeting cards were missing too. Again, very strange. So all the cards were gone and an old jacket of Makio's was missing, which would indicate that maybe the killer was wearing this when he left yeah. the scene. And this, again, I found this just so hard to believe. They also found that the clothes were washed in hard water, not soft water. So they made out that these clothes hadn't been washed in Japan, which is so crazy to me. That they can act- <laughs> yeah. Isn't it so the, mad? The clothes that they were behind. The clothes yeah. were behind. Do you know what? Like, if they could work this out, it actually, wouldn't you be raging if, like, any other crime that you've been involved in, even if, like, uh, like uh, your bike was stolen, that they cannot find, like, they can't I know. find the fingerprints. If you're able to figure out that Sand is from Nevada, find my bike. Do you know Do what? what I mean? You need to say that. The next time you rock up to Cabantini Guard Station, yeah. Yeah, you're like, yeah. listen, let me tell you, let me tell you about this case, guys. <laughs> if they can figure out from hard water that this, these clothes weren't washed in Japan, it is you so can find my true. bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because you're like, but I have my Find My Bike app. Surely you could just, <laughs> yeah. can you just get in the car and drive down there? So, Despite all these very, very specific clues, you would think this would narrow down the suspect list down considerably. This, believe it or not, Grace, is still an unsolved murder case. They they never got the guy. There has been uh, two hundred and four over two hundred and four thousand officers involved in the case to date. Like, what? yeah, yeah, they've received more than sixteen thousand pieces of information from the public, and even now the killer remains at large. Oh, sorry, tw- over twenty thousand officers involved in the case, which is still a lot of officers. Yeah, I was thinking two hundred four thousand. Like mother, a quarter, <laughs> a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million. Uh, yeah. No, over twenty thousand. Still, now, there are few theories as to who could have done this. So, like, definitely with the military base, a lot of people were pointing to maybe someone who was involved in the U.S. military. Yeah. Most detectives put a younger age on this guy. So right. they felt that he was kind of of a younger age in terms of the profiling. So they were thinking maybe that he was related to somebody who worked in the military. They also, now, this is kind of, a, I, I think, out of all the theories I read, you know, some people said a robbery, but like that made no sense because nothing was taken from the gaff. And like a robbery doesn't, first of all, it's very rare that a robbery is going to end up that violent and yeah. you're not, you're not going to hang around either. And no. I mean, nothing was, nothing was taken from the gaff bar, the cards, the New Year's cards and the jacket. They were the only and, things taken. And nothing seemed panicky about it. No. As in, like, you know what I mean? If you're robbing a gaff, I imagine, I haven't done it, but I imagine that like, if you, if, if it went that awry, you'd be like, well, getting out of here fucking lying exactly like, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be hanging around making yourself a snack like lying on the couch like do, battling with the yeah. diet up all the rest but in 2015 this true crime author and now my apologies because I'm really going to butcher the pronunciation here so Fumia Ikehashi released oh, a book thank you I didn't <laughs> want to say but I'm kind yeah. of fluent but I just yeah. want to play a kill um, so uh, 
Really, he released a book claiming that he had uncovered the killer's identity. The author noticed, noted that police detectives had found soil at the crime scene that was traced back, again, insane. An insane <laughs> amount of... Are you going to tell me it was like traced back to Bethlehem when Jesus was born or something? And I was Not like, quite. <laughs> the, the next best thing, it was traced back to the province of Gyeonggi in South Korea. Also in his book, Ikuhashi, who calls his main suspect or says that the killer had once served in the South Korean military. In his book also, he said that this guy or his fingerprints, which were obtained by the author, don't ask me how you could do that, are a match with the fingerprints left behind by the killer at the crime scene. Now, surely that would be enough, no? You would imagine. Now, he makes these claims. Obviously, the police are still working on this. They still view this as an open case. So even though he made those claims, I mean, you know, not to discredit his findings, but I suppose you'd have to kind of take it with a pinch of salt because the police haven't actually followed this up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, poor Yuzuko's mother is, as I said, apparently as of two years ago, still alive. Um, but the the house has been vacant since the killings. I mean, obviously, says you. Really? Uh, well, I mean, I guess, you know, I know bad things go down in houses and people, you know, go in and they, they just, you know, it's a new chapter and all the rest but it would be hard to get past something like that okay even in our housing crisis I know would you do you think right now if I said to you listen like 40 grand you could buy 40 grand would you do it I think I'd have to say no I mean would you really
yes. that you're like, oh, I don't know which way this could go. You know what See, I mean? Maybe, I'm, you, maybe yeah. I'm being weird about it, but that's no, no, no. Yeah. I think I think that I know what you. That's actually such a good point that there's actually so many kind of red herrings here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that it's like so actually interesting. It, it, in a way, he could just be a genius who was like knows how to get away with this because yeah you know by putting <laughs> now I'm just like I feel like what imagine like I'm not sorry but like I know it's awful but like imagine there's like copycat killers out there who just use this random Nevada sand to I know. drive police crazy you know what I mean <laughs> where it's like they after, use the like, sand they have yeah. the link they have the links Africa they've got the whole they're they're taking a poo they're taking a poo yeah they're, yeah they're, they're eating the they're eating the ice lolly. They're that, just like sesame oh, seeds. Like I'd love if you're like, oh yeah, the shooting of JFK. They found this Nevada sand. Like every time this huge, like famous <laughs> murder, there's this sand that drives police crazy. <laughs> you know? Oh my god, Grace, that is thing. so funny. <laughs> that is gas. It's the sand. Imagine, yeah. Imagine they sent it to the detective. Imagine they sent the detective every year. Just this thing of sand. You'd be like, oh my god. Look, ultimately, the police actually haven't got their guy yet, so it's yeah. still it's still an open case. Um, I mean, we hope they find answers. Obviously, as time goes on, it's less likely, but you never lose hope completely. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the. I mean, the Golden State Killer. The fact that like something yes, like ancestry.com right, yeah. or whatever can bring down someone like that. I do feel like we're in the age of if they're able to get his. I don't know. Like, That's actually really yeah. Descent or whatever from yeah. DNA. Maybe, that, hopefully, through something like that. Uh, that's actually yeah. so true. Uh, that's a really good... I mean, because, yeah, look, I mean, hopefully, you know, there's there's still hope and it will be great, you know, to get closure on that chapter. Like, there were a couple of things, like a taxi driver said that he gave this guy a lift. He was in his over 30s. Yeah. Said, and that he left blood on his back seat. And, you know, all these kind of sightings, but not really sightings. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's still an absolute mystery. And that... Is the story of the set of Gaia murders? Oh, Isn't it such a good one? It's such. A, I can't believe I've never heard of it. Isn't it? I cannot believe yeah, I hadn't yeah. heard of it either. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's so nightmarish. It's yeah. absolutely nightmarish. The whole thing. But just, I could not believe as I was reading it. Uh, I just when you think there isn't going to be another twist, there's like another twist that, or a red yeah. herring thrown in there just to confuse you again. But that's why I'm like it, it. That's why it seems like almost like this really well planned out works. Every single thing is so bizarre. The next thing is more bizarre than the last thing. You know, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Now, Grace, you have been such a joy. I mean, you're so funny, so brilliant. You're so great. I'll have to. I'd love to have you back if you come back to me. Oh my god, definitely. We've got, got more like crazy ones like this for sure. Oh, and, and but Grace, you're just so hilarious, and you have your own podcast. Yes, yeah. So I have a podcast called Fad Camp. So I like Fad Camp, but fad about fad diets. So yeah, on Fad Camp, it's a po- comedy podcast all about ridiculous fad diets that me and the other co-host have Connor Dowling have tried. And um, we've just finished our first season, so we're doing a second one. Um, but we cover all topics, fitness, health, and even just TV shows and stuff. But you can hear about the time I did like hypnotherapy for weight loss. Or like did this weird like seaweed wrap where I wrapped myself up. Like, oh my god, I did days. the seaweed wrap. Yeah. 
back in the day. Oh, hilarious. Did they tell you as well, like, to not drink alcohol at the time? Yes, actually. They told me to, yeah, yeah, which I didn't. Of course. Look, we were all all getting the seaweed wrap before a wedding. So it's like, if you think think I'm getting through that without a drink, you are mistaken. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So yeah, that's what it's about. And you can, like, find it everywhere that you find podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that jazz. Grace, you're an absolute joy. Grace Mulvey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing Crimeland. Oh, thank you for having me, Julie. Bye, Grace. You're so fab. Thank you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.